This is the Daddy Sharps Podcast. Welcome, everyone. My name is Luke. And I'm John. We're just a couple of dads who like to make the sharpest bets we can. And we're just a couple of dads who break down the fights that your buddies are too square to break down. And today, Mr. Luke, we're breaking down another pay-per-view card, UFC 289, just up the road from your sweet home. That's right, John. Oh, Canada, our <laughs> home and sacred land. The UFC <sighs> is headed to B-Town, John, Hollywood North, Vansterdam. Never heard that one before. The no. home of Seth Rogen, Ryan Reynolds, Pamela mm-hmm. Anderson, and the Canucks. We are nice. talking about Vancouver, British Columbia. And UFC 289 features one of the better cards we've seen in a while. Oliveira versus Darush, Malat versus Fugit, and a women's bantamweight championship fight. The lioness Amanda Nunez versus Irene Aldania. But before we get to our best bets on the card, we got to recap the success that we had last week, Luke. Yeah, we Start us off, baby. Cleaning up this ufc season i went one and oh on best bets i'm gonna call it perfect i'd like yes. to be two and oh but jim a10 miller was scheduled to take on jared flash gordon gordon withdrew from the fight so no official best bet there but i do want to say to you so we talked about this fight a lot miller went on to get that ko mm-hmm. just 23 seconds into the first round i couldn't believe that fight two vicious lefts john yes. bam bam yeah he was out after the first hit, and then they put another one in for good measure. La La Land, Jesse mm-hmm. Butler. Sorry, my man, you'll rebound. You know, I don't know, maybe Miller is going to make it to UFC 300 where he wants to retire. Next mm-hmm. fight, Tim Elliott versus Victor Al Magnifico Altamirano. Now, these two fighters have gone the distance I was talking about in most of their recent fights, and that was my best bet. The fight would end in a decision it ended in a unanimous decision for Elliot, and that was another Daddy Sharp's best bets. Ooh. And Luke, I'm going to say, I'm going to say I was one and one last week, but I got a twist here. Little twist. First, the lost. Lacerda versus Blackshear. I took Lacerda, and that was not the right decision here. Lacerda went for submissions the entire fight. In the second round, he gets caught in a very awkward position. Ooh. He got hit a lot in the face. He went to sleep. Night night to this In daddy sharp face. bet. Yes. Now the win. Caceres, Bruce Leroy. I took the man. I took the always interesting Bruce, Bruce Leroy over Pineda. And he comes through with a decision win for the daddy sharps. Caceres looked good throughout. Even fighting out of a very deep arm bar late in the fight. In our case, Luke, pays to be flexible, baby. And finally, <laughs> hey, 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 hey now, hey, and finally the twist. Oh, I love this! I the love this. We were so like excited you. about. Wow. We gave a plus two thousand bet last week, and this little dandy hits. The daddy sharp said a point will be deducted in the Santos versus Munez fight. Three nut shots later, the dream comes true. A man is peeing blood, and we're going to the ticket window with a plus 2,000 tickets. Let's go. <laughs> I feel I guilty honest, for some... rooting for that, but... <laughs> I know, but that is sharp. That it's right the... there is sharp. It's the only time I ever made that bet, by the way. <laughs> Point deducted, and this is the one to do it in. Well, we if we ever see that name up again there, we're, we're going to uh, do it more and more. But, John, right now, it's time to share our best bets for this week in yes. Vancouver. Start yes. us out, man. 
Sir, we got a lot of Canadian talent on this card. Yeah, we do. I'm going to start with one of those fights. Builder versus Nelson, and I'm going against the home guy. I'm going Builder minus 200. We got a Canadian card, a fight in Vancouver, and I don't like the Canadian. I like the American. Builder is a good all-around fighter, and seeing where these guys make their debuts can tell you a lot about the what the UFC thinks of him. Builder debuted on UFC Australia, a pay-per-view, and he beat up an Australian opponent in front of his home crowd. And get this, after the win down under, Builder says he loves being the villain. Let me quote, it feels fantastic because my whole career I've been going to people's backyards and ruining their day in front of their family, friends, and loved ones. End quote. You know I gotta love that, Mr. Luke. He's he's that guy. He's that guy. I imagine this guy showing up at your barbecue just ruining everything. Yeah. And I and like it. <laughs> and don't let him date your daughter. Yes, exactly. Well, the UFC is giving him another chance here, and the opponent couldn't be more perfect for him. Kyle Nelson, a man with the home crowd, Canadian guy, and he's gone one, four, and one on the big show, and he's been finished three times. Part of the issue for Nelson is his strike defense. Horrific. Another guy that blocks every punch with his nose, and numbers aren't just from a few bad fights. He's got a six-fight body of work to look at. We know who he is by now. And get this, in Nelson's last fight, he actually got a draw. Well, his opponent had a point deducted for a headbutt in the third round, saving Nelson from a loss. The big boss, Dana White, felt the point deduction was not right and actually called out the refs. Then he paid Nelson's opponent the win bonus as if he had won. And it didn't stop there. It didn't end there, Luke. That's so badass. (laughs) Then Dana took to the media to say Nelson actually lost that fight. My best bet here, Builder to win by a long shot. I actually like him by finish, but you know, Daddy Sharps, we're going to play it safe here. Look for Nelson to get the win. Wait, excuse me. Look for Builder to get the win and Nelson to be cut from the UFC on Monday. Is that a best bet too? Nelson being cut? Oh, I wish I could. It's like a nutshot bet plus 2,000. Can't bet on that. It's not a prop, but... (laughs) You know, I'm sorry, I was salivating all week over this one because I, I'm uh, builder is is uh, all over it, all over it. I I think it's a gift. That is a yeah. gift bet right there. It's gonna play it right to the crowd too. It's gonna be great. Oh, it's gonna be fantastic. For my first best bet, we're going to the prelims, a flyweight fight. David the Undertaker, Dvorak, a slight favorite over Steve Astro Boy Ursig. I have a feeling you like Ursig. I have a I, feeling you do. I kind of like the Undertaker nickname now. So it kind of makes me want to lean the other way. That's not how we (laughs) bet, though. It's not how we bet. (laughs) Ursig is the number two ranked flyweight in Australia and New Zealand. That's huge. Number two. Wow. Dvorak is number 13 in the world. In the world. Look, he's coming (laughs) off two losses. I get that. Both unanimous decisions, though. So no flags for me there. I think... That's probably why he's considered only a slight favorite at minus 175 right now. I, I think this fight is also a steal. Mm-hmm. Morak has the superior striking skills. Almost three and a half significant strikes landed per minute with a 47% striking accuracy. He's a decent wrestler with an impressive 81% takedown defense for Astro Boy. Mm-hmm. Well, he's got 10 professional fights under his belt. Yeah, he's a good fighter. This is going to be his first UFC fight. They, they signed him up right away. Uh, most of his nine wins have come by submission. Impressive. But 
It's always scary diving into a fight when we don't really know a whole lot about him. Uh-huh. Just from a UFC business perspective, though, I'm calling this a business fight, John. Oh, I like it. Is coming off the two losses, but he's 20 and five. So he's a fighter the UFC wants to keep, right? Yes. I think they're throwing him a bone here. He needs a win on a big stage like this at the Rogers Center. That place is going to be packed. It's a huge stadium. On the other side, you've got Ursig, brand new to UFC. The UFC likes him. They really do. And they're giving him a big shot. But a loss is not going to impact his UFC career like it would Dvorak. That's a win-win situation for UFC. If Ursig loses, I think that's a no-brainer for me. My best bet is David Undertaker, Dvorak, the check to win on the money line. So I'm just going for the win on this one. Oh, I like it. I hope he comes out to the Undertaker theme song. That'd be great. I would love that. <laughs> Little urn and everything. That'd be awesome. All right. Malat versus Fugit. This is my next best bet. And I like Malat minus 210. Luke, we said this pay-per-view is in Canada. And one of my favorite fighters on this card is a Canadian. And I'm putting my money on him here. In fact, I think Malat may be the best Canadian fighter on the entire card of all the Canadians on it. And this guy is Canadian through and through. While the neighborhood kids were playing hockey on the frozen ponds, this guy was saying, I want to fight in the UFC. His brother actually plays for the Winnipeg Jets, a NHL hockey player. So there is some athleticism in this boy's DNA. Malat fights in the UFC like one of those goons in the NHL, a technician and a finisher. He's on a five-fight win streak, and all of his fights in the UFC have ended in the first round. In fact, all nine of Malat's victories have come inside the distance. This guy never goes to the scorecards. And it's not just a power striker with KO power. He does it with submissions as well. And on the UFC, he's got two submissions in his first three fights. Now, anyone that's looked at his opponent, Fugit, you're going to say Fugit has a four-inch reach advantage. He's a southpaw. Those can be tricky. But back to Malat. Everyone he fights in the UFC has a longer reach, and he's finished them all. And in his debut, he fought a guy with a switch stance. So I don't think Southpaw is going to trick him up here. And he outstruck the guy by a lot and got his lone knockout. So he's still got power when he's fighting these lefties. Meanwhile, Fugit's only went on the UFC. Another Southpaw. Malat is not a Southpaw. My best bet here, Malat to win in a card filled with Canadians. And like I said, I think this is the best Canadian on the entire card. A little bonus bet here. I'm not going to call it a best bet. A little bonus bet here. These two combatants have combined for five fights on the UFC, none of which have gone the distance. The ultimate safe bet here. This fight never sees the scorecards, my man. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. <laughs> Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> There's going to be so many Canadian references to this podcast. You're going to have to edit them all out. Prelim middleweight fight. Prelim middleweight fight. Do we have some music for that? Prelim middleweight fight. Dun, 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 I know you're going to have some opinions about this one, too. I, I'm I'm looking at this fight for my next bet. My next best bet. I've got Nazardine Imavov versus Chris Action Man Curtis. And I'm going to oh cut boy. right to it. My best bet. <laughs> oh, boy. You He's Chris Curtis, my man. <laughs> Chris Curtis to win. I also think he's going to knock out Imavov in the first or the second round. Not the best bet, though. I'm going with the win. Imavov got the crap kicked out of him for the first five rounds in his last 
fight against Sean Strickland. The first five and all five. <laughs> How dare rounds. you? How dare you bring that fight up, sir? <laughs> you think that's because of the weight class difference? Because I heard you talking about it earlier in the week. Yes. Another Canadian thing. Chirp, 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 chirp. <laughs> so between these two fighters, you think the weight class is a, is is a, a difference is a big issue. Why don't you explain yourself? I, I I did think that. So Strickland took that on very short notice. So they fought that baby at a catch weight. So they were able to fight that at 205. Well, Strickland tipped the scales at 204, while Imavov was 194. And if you look at his early career, he was fighting in the lower leagues at welterweight. He only went to 185 on the UFC. I think the extra weight beat him here more than Strickland and his fist. The guy was just too big. He was too big for my boy. I went back and watched that fight a couple of times. I would say Imavov fought a stupid fight going toe-to-toe with Strickland for sure. Strickland fights. Strickland. He's got this weird close-range distance, right? Like almost, Even worse, like boxing, but that's it's not good for boxing either. Yeah. So, you know, not like most martial arts where you give that room and that distance for kicks. He gets right up close and personable. So let's go ahead and shift now. I, I want to hear from you about Curtis. Oh, boy. What, what don't you like about that guy? He's, <laughs> he's amazing. He just, for me, in his last three fights, he hasn't looked the same. He could easily be on a three-fight losing streak. The lone win in that stretch was Buckley, who Curtis was probably losing to until he knocked him out in the second round. Watching Curtis' last three fights, this is a guy who gets easily frustrated in the ring. Everybody rem- remembers the Hermanson fight, and then Gasolum refused to stand in the center with him and Bane with Curtis. And by the third round, Curtis was having a meltdown in both fights and couldn't fight effectively. In fact, in the Hermanson fight, they almost got into a fist fight after the fight was over because Curtis was losing his mind. Yeah, uh, you're not convincing me. So there are uh, <laughs> uh, there are three points I want to make here to all that. And, and, and really, these are why I am making Curtis a best bet. Here's number one for you, all right? Yes. Let's go back to UFC 287. You mentioned the Gastelum fight. Curtis versus Kelvin Gastelum. I made Gastelum a best bet in that podcast, and I won that bet. Gastelum won by unanimous decision. However, there was an accidental clash of heads in the second round that's become somewhat controversial. It, it happened really quickly, and I had to go back a few times and watch for it. I remember during the fight, they kind of mentioned a little bit, and the ref said, no, no. No, no, accidental clash, accidental clash. But <laughs> Gastelum, what he did was he brought his head up really fast, and Curtis got popped right under the chin. It happened like like that. Curtis says in interviews now that that blow knocked him out. And if you watch, it goes straight to the campus or the canvas. He might have gone to the campus too. I don't know where he's going in his mind. He's going anywhere. <laughs> exactly. But he says if he woke up later in the fight. Now he's appealed that decision and he said, you know, I come on, I'm not going to win that. I just, but, but the, his, to his point, he had to pop out of it later. So late in the third round, Curtis unleashed and caught Gaslam with several massive shots, like late, late, late. I, you and I were both like yelling at the screen for Gaslam to, 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 to move, move, move around yes. the ring, get out of the way. Yes. Cause we was one shot away from being KO'd. Look at the time. Nobody knew how Curtis, C- Curtis was, uh, how hurt he was. So I questioned whether Curtis, loses that fight if there wasn't a clash ahead. So that was a long point, number one. I'm going to make number uh, two and three very quick. Number two, Curtis is is also really pissed off about the UFC rankings after that Gastelum fight. He's still pissed off. So that, my friend, is motivation. Oh, motivation. And number three, Strickland and Curtis, they're buddies. They host a podcast together. Strickland has five rounds of tape, five rounds of knowledge about Ivan Vav. 
and Imavov, whatever the heck his name is. And <laughs> my point is, no one's going to know his name after this fight because he's going to lose this fight. And my best bet is the action man, Chris Curtis, to win whether I've convinced you or not. How dare you? Oh, come on. Chris Chris Curtis has, has an excuse after every single fight. This is the guy that takes to Twitter, searches up his name, and whoever says anything bad about him, about him he blocks him. That's who this guy is. Okay. Okay. And he also looked into the camera of every interview I saw this weekend. He said, I'm just going to beat him up. I'm going to beat him up. And I believe him. Which brings us to our deep dive. Yes. Let's take a deeper dive into the other fights that we like on this card. Let's start with a prelim bantamweight fight. We've got Eamon Zahabi versus the Mongolian murderer, Orichi Lang. Orichi Lang is a slight favorite at minus 130. John Go. Is this the best nickname that we've ever seen? Yes, by far. <laughs> yes. Zahabi comes from the same gym that produced the Canadian great George St. Pierre. But my friend, this is no St. Pierre. Three and two in the UFC. Two of his last three wins were against guys who got cut from the UFC shortly after fighting him. And then they went on to lose in the lower levels. Not much of a takedown threat with only one takedown in five fights, and his strike defense is poor. On the other side, we have my boy, the Mongolian Murderer. Great nickname and undefeated at the 135-pound weight class. I notice I said 135-pound weight class. This guy's got four fights in the UFC. He's 2-2. Two and two. Well, he's 0-2 at 125 pounds. I think that weight cut was just too much for him. The only weakness that the Mongolian Murderer has are takedowns, and I don't think this guy can get it. He has not shown an ability to get those in a fight, and the Mongolian murderer is a much better striker at the at the heavier weight class, outstriking his opponents 109 to 94 when he was at the lighter weight class. He was actually being hit 249 to 181. So he's faster, he can he can deliver more power. And he's going to avoid any weak takedowns that come his way this this fight. So you like the Mongolian murderer? Love the Mongolian murderer. Yeah, so do I. I'm a heavy lean on the Mongolian murderer. And if we can just say the Mongolian murderer all the rest of the podcast, I'm, I'm not going to attempt that name. <laughs> the Mongo- No, just Mongolian murderer. Just the nickname. Exactly. That's, that's good exactly. enough. <laughs> Looking back, the vast majority of his losses were by decision. He lands twice as many strikes per minute and has better accuracy at this weight. Uh, class he averages more takedowns per fight with better accuracy he should win this fight no problem next yes we're on to other fights that we like on the main card now and we're going to start with a middleweight fight we've got mark andre power bar burial a slight favorite in this fight at minus 140 versus eric yeah boy anders i i got the heavy lean on burial Eric Anders, the former NFL linebacker turned UFC fighter on the feet. He tends to lose those battles. He's got the poor strike defense. What concerns me with this guy, Mr. Luke, is he's already looking ahead. Before his last fight, he said the sun is setting on his fighting career and he's looking to get into acting. And you may recognize ya boy from Cobra Kai. He had a little part on Cobra Kai there. And did I mention? He already said, I'm looking ahead. I, I may want to get out of this game. And now this is the last fight on his UFC contract. Now we have the Canadian Barralt. His last two losses were against two of the hottest prospects in the division. I feel he should be able to win this one by standing on the feet and exchanging shots. 
Totally, and I agree. That's it's not exactly a home crowd for the French Canadian, but it's close enough. And yeah. he lands more strikes. He avoids the takedowns, and he if he stays on his feet, I also like him to win. To the featherweights, we've got Dan Fifty K Ige versus Nate the Train Landwehr. Shaking my head, Luke. I'm shaking my head. I can't believe I'm doing this. I love Ige. Ige is one of those fighters, grinder, tough guy. But here I go again. I'm betting the showman. Landware is the fighter that plays in a crowd. He likes to put on a show. Ige couldn't be more opposite. Like I said before, this guy's the grinder. He's got toughness. He's been very successful at it too, fighting his way inside the top 10. The problem is when he faces other ranked opponents, he loses. Landware, the wild man in the ring, but he did beat a gritty grappler, kind of like Ige, Darren Elkins. This is the biggest fight of his career. And if he pulls it off, he gets the ranking next to his name on Monday. Tasty prop bet here. Ooh, this fight like this. goes okay. the distance, my man. Uh, Ige, yeah. never been finished, and he fought some heavy hitters. Yeah, that, that's right. So let's go ahead and talk about Landware for a moment. Uh, this is where I like to differentiate fighters here on the stuff that you don't really measure on the uh, the old <laughs> tail of the, the tape. tape. <laughs> Let's talk about him. He's he's a fan. Uh, he said in this in a recent interview uh, that he's a fan of Ige. Yeah, I'm a fan. I like Ige. I like how he fights. That this could be a case of be careful what you ask for. That's what Landwehr said. He Ooh. also said uh, he thinks he has the tools to beat him. I think. I think I do. Not I'm sure, but I think. I think I do. <laughs> and uh, he also says, you know, you got you got a win to cut a promo, and I want a promo. That, that's a good reason. That's a good prep. That's a good prep there. Oh, boy. <laughs> and his mantra for this fight, he leaned back in the chair and said, my mantra for this fight, I'm going into this fight unranked, and I'm coming out a star. <laughs> See what I'm saying? I can't believe I'm that. putting money on this guy, but I good have luck. to. <laughs> good, good luck with that. On the other side, we've got Ige. He says he can make this fight look easy. He prepares like he's the champ, and his opponent's have to beat him. I love the confidence. I'm picking Dan Ige to oh, win. Oh, we're opposites. I, oh, I also love this fight to go the distance Ooh. as Ige has never been finished. And Landwehr has only been finished three times. So we do agree there. And I think if I had to pick a best bet, which is not a best bet, but if I had to pick one, I would take this fight to win it, uh, to go the distance. So there we you go. Agree. We both agree on that one. All right. To the co-main event now, a lightweight fight. We've got Charles de Bronx. Oliveira versus Benil Darius. Darius, just like a slight favorite, minus 130 in this fight, but I like him. Uh, I I actually can't choose a side in this fight. So my heavy lean, and it may be one of my favorite bets on this card, but I didn't make it a best bet. I'm going to lean that the fight does not go to distance. Oliveira just ran through everyone in the top five except Dararouche, and they were all finishes. Dararouche is on an impressive eight-fight win streak of his own, but not nearly the level of competition that Oliveira has faced. I like the fight does not go to distance here. Oliveira, as we all know, almost finished by Chandler before he came roaring back in the second round, and Oliveira is the all-time leader in submissions for the UFC. He's going to have his chances here, but he's also got that marshmallow chin. Is that a term? Can I say that? This guy now. gets knocked down quite a bit. He's got a marshmallow chin, eh? Yeah. The Denny Sharps <laughs> are loving this fight. Let's not forget Oliveira lost his last fight against Islam Makachev. Let's not forget how he lost it either. An arm triangle in the second round. It was Yikes. a straight right from Makachev that put Oliveira on the mat and led to Oliveira tapping out. Really good fight. 
And before yep. that submission, though, Oliveira got owned on the mat. So does Dariush have the same grappling skills as Mak- uh, Makachev? No, not even close, right? <laughs> no. But Dariush is a better striker, and Oliveira showed he is beatable by lesser strikers. Again, yes. it was that one shot that put him on the mat. I like Dariush to win by finish here. I really do, and that's why I'm leaning. Look, I, I think this fight probably does not go the distance. I, I don't think it has any chance of going the distance. I agree, yeah. I think we're in agreement on this one. You're taking the sniper shot, and I'm taking the ultimate safe shot. But you got the better odds, my man. Finally, to the main event, a women's Bantamweight championship fight. We've got the number one ranked Bantamweight in the world, Amanda the Lioness Nunez. Ooh. Huge favorite here at minus 320 versus the number four ranked Bantamweight in the world, Irene Aldana. This one, everybody, okay, I just got to say it. Everybody's going to want to bite, going to want to buy Nunez. She's kind of a short favorite here it, by her standards. Uh, the first Pena fight, she was minus 1,200. So you can see in three fights later, now she's minus 320. Did a little deeper dive. I was like, eh, maybe Nunez by finish. You know, she's she's got this big rep, the lioness. She fights at both weight classes, as you know, 145, 135. This is a 135-pound fight. Tons of decisions later in her career at this 135-pound weight class. I like this fight to go the distance, my man. Can you believe I'm saying that? Five-rounder to go to distance. Interesting with a fighter like that. You know, you never know. Yep. <laughs> I, <and like laughs> I think the weight cut's too much for her. I think she's uh, she's 35 now. Weight cut just yeah. got a little much yeah. for her. Yeah, she 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 picks her fights and she 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 fights when she wants to defend that belt. And uh, I mean, her, the numbers are incredible. You know, almost four and a half strikes landed per minute, only two uh, two point seven strikes absorbed. Averages two and a half takedowns per fifteen minutes with a takedown defense of eighty two percent. And you consider that all against top UFC competition. So you know, a lot of people refer to her as the goat. Yeah. Uh, and this is one of those weight classes, of course, bantamweight weight classes. It's still kind of up in the air and open. Uh, to an extent, you know, I mean, she holds the belt, but you know, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of people down below who are trying to buy for these these spots. Yes. For Aldana, she, we can't forget she's a fill-in here. Yep. For Pena, Juliana Pena, who withdrew from this fight, so you're filling in, you know, the, and and they say, hey, come fight for the belt. Yeah, cool. I I would do that. I think we would all do that for the payoff. But you've got you know a fighter who absorbs a lot of strikes, a lack of striking efficiency. Huge disadvantage against a champ like Nunez. I that said, Aldana has heart. A lot of these fighters do when they're in these positions. It's not gonna be enough, John. But here's where we differ. I, I oh. the distance. Oh, I just don't think I can make that fight or that that bet rather. Uh I, I don't but then again, I'm probably not gonna lay anything down on finish either. But I just um, you know, the over-under is two and a half rounds. We're right where it should be, right in the middle. Um, I'm leaning Nunez. By finish. I'm leaning, though. I'm leaning. I'm leaning. I think she wants to make a a statement. Yes. Yes. True. True. It'll be a good fight, but I don't know if I'm going to have money on this fight, to be honest. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe we just watch it. Maybe maybe what we're doing is we're just counting our winnings from the earlier bets and our awesome prop bets that we're making this week. And we just say, you know what? A, I'm just in Vancouver (laughs) in spirit, A, and we're watching the fight because... It is time now to recap those best bets that gonna we're going to win on UFC 289 Vancouver. John, 
I am loving your bets, and I am officially stating right now that I am following your bets. Oh, I love it. So I got Malat versus Fugit, my best bet there. I am waving the Maple Leaf. I'm going with Malat, minus 210, the win. Builder versus Nelson. I am lowering the Maple Leaf, and I'm going with Builder <laughs> to win, minus 200, my man. <laughs> I've got David Undertaker Dvorak versus Steve Astro Boy Ersig. I've got Dvorak winning this one. That's my best bet, number one. My second best bet is Nazardin Imavov versus Chris Action Curtis. Damn. I am taking Curtis controversially <laughs> for the win. He is going to win that fight and he's going to beat Nazardin up like you wouldn't believe. Maybe it'll be a nice draw. <laughs> and with that i'm officially closing down this podcast that's it for the daddy sharps this week remember always gamble responsibly and within your means and the bets we share are based on our own research we don't always win be sure to check us out on social media at daddy sharps on instagram and twitter and we're gonna be back next week with all our best bets and much more and we'll be counting all that cash Woo-wee. And asking ourselves, gosh, you know what, John? Who is your daddy? We are. Stay sharp, everyone.